everyone. Welcome back to the Coach's Journey podcast. Robbie here, um, and Robbie is also the guest on this show. Um, so this is another a bit like, uh, I think, episode eight. I wanted to revisit some content I created a couple of years ago um, when I sat down to think about uh, what are the stages of the coach's journey. Um, essentially, that was what I sat down to think about. It was some advice I got from my brother. I was thinking about how do I market from a place of integrity this program that I'm running at this point for the second time. And he suggested, I don't know if it's intuition or whatever, um, Robbie, why don't you just make three videos about uh, the three key shifts or or something? <laughs> I can't remember his exact words. He probably said it more articulately. Um that coaches go through all the three key things you've learned and I did that and it was you'll kind of hear me say I think in the first one maybe in all of them it was a kind of powerful experience to do that to really sit down and think if I could only say talk about three things for people what would I talk about um and uh I'm recording this after listening to back to the first one so you also get like in that previous episode um you'll get me uh, of today speaking at the end of the videos end of each video and at the end again at the end of the show um and I've just listened to the first one and I say in it, you know, it's a powerful thing to create for me. And it, and it was um, to pull those things together. Um, just to say about the, the podcast generally, for, for, the, for the foreseeable future, I think it's probably going to shift to more like a monthly podcast. Um, I haven't be, released an episode in the last month um, because I've been working on my book, provisionally titled The Power to Choose. Um, I read the book, The One Thing, about six weeks ago, um, and I kind of avoided it because it sounded a bit faddy, but actually having read it, I think it's probably, you know, it's gone right up to the top of my list with books, uh, you know, uh, of books that help with productivity and getting things done. Um, you know, the other ones that I love are The 4-Hour work week, so much good stuff in there, especially tactically, and also um, The War of Art on a kind of deeper level by Stephen Pressfield. So anyway, the one thing is great and it got me really focusing. And one of the things it, it got me focusing on was the one thing I needed to do last month was finish that book. And then when I uh, sat down to think about how I needed to make that sure that happened, one of the things had to be don't do anything else on the podcast this month, month off from that. Anyway, that's over now. The draft of the book is finished, which is amazing and exciting. Uh, and actually, while I'm on the intro, you can read the first three chapters of that released because they are the book is in some ways written to support people in times of uncertainty. So they are part of my offer to people in this strange time we're in in the world right now. Um, you can read them on my website or on LinkedIn. Uh, the other parts of my offer, there's quite a few uh, pieces uh, from my 12-minute blog um, on LinkedIn, a few of them are linked to on my homepage as well about uh, written from and about how to deal with uncertainty from everything I've learned. Um, and there's an offer of coaching for people who are really finding themselves struggling, which is natural to be doing at times like this and think that coaching would be really useful. Um, me and three trusted uh, colleagues have got space open in our calendar every week for people with no pressure to become a client and, and no conversation about that, at least in my com in my coaching sessions. So if you or someone you care about or know might be interested in that, check out uh, check out uh, robbieswalecoaching.com and you'll find a link there to coaching for uncertain times. And it doesn't have to be me. Uh, Mike and Nicole and Sh uh, Charlotte are all great coaches. Um, so do check that out. Um yeah, so uh, we'll get onto the videos in a sec. Um, I noticed that, you know, this is, I think I said in one of the other, maybe in the other episode, 
my wife Emma, when she was listening to one of these videos, it was pointed out I was using my coaching voice in them, and I wanted to catch that because I think it's a really interesting thing to say. And, and I am a bit. You'll be able to hear slightly the difference in how I'm talking. Um, and part of that is I think I'd done some work to get really present. You know, a friend of mine who's a coach said a great thing about that. We were just having a conversation and she was like, oh yeah, I know I'm more present right now because my voice has just dropped. Um, some of it is also me, of course, um, harking back to my time as an actor and, and getting to that question. If I was someone who was really good at, at doing, playing a character, right? If I was someone who was really good at doing videos, what would I be like right now? And I think slowing down. I sometimes speak really fast. In fact, there's a great coaching school video um, of me talk giving a uh, i think i think it's still on youtube the coaching school where i train is resting now um but i think there's a video still on youtube i'll try and remember to link to it in the show notes of me giving a testimonial for the coaching school and i just come off giving a presentation and i drank about four coffees and i always speak fast but in this video it is extraordinarily fast so i was probably also aware of that in this in this video um anyway the three uh the three stages that we'll get to are it still annoys me that these don't scan in a good way. I should have grammatically chosen them so that they do. But the three stages or states or ideas that I think are most important, or I thought two years ago, and I think probably I still think these are three absolutely vital states, stages, uh, things to go through as a coach if you want to create an amazing business, is make the commitment. Shift so that you believe you can create your own business and do your own work. And those are the three titles of the three videos, Commitment, Create It, Do Your Own Work. Uh, you can watch them on YouTube if you want to see them in their, in their full technical glory or listen on to this uh, video. Um, as always, please share this resource if you can uh, with anyone who might need it or be interested in it, anyone who might want to create a coaching business um, and, and do this work and make it sustainable. Um, and if you can, make a rating of the podcast somewhere. Uh, share it, uh, give it a f- five stars or whatever other ratings are available um, or uh, click follow or subscribe that's that's really useful other than that i'll be back in a few minutes after um the first video which is commitment hi i'm robbie swell i'm a coach based in london and i'm here today to create a video about one of what i see as one of the three key shifts that coaches need to go through to create the businesses that deep down they want to have. And I'm going to share what that is, some ideas about it, and some ways to to make that shift yourself. So I'm doing this part, this is part of my work uh, to support coaches. Uh, I love coaching. I love learning about it, geeking out about it. Um, and that's why I, I do work with coaches, including run a group program. It's why I've written articles about coaching. It's why I've made videos about coaching. It's why I'm making this video about coaching. And as part of my zone of genius, as I learn to understand more and more about that, is sharing myself with love and deeply with the world, with other people. And that's what I hope to do through this video. And the two will follow about two other important shifts that I see. And one of the reasons I'm creating this video and run the program is because I I love coaching. I think it's got an amazing possibility in it as a profession, as a tool to really make tomorrow's world better than today's. And part of what I want to do is unleash some of the untapped power of coaching. The people who love coaching, maybe, 
but haven't managed to create the business yet that they want, that supports them to sustainably live their life in the way they want to. Maybe they've done that, but they want to up their impact, uh, or create something new. And, and I love doing that work. And I hope this video will support you to do that. So the first of these shifts, stages, steps that coaches need to go through or take in order to create the business and impact and life that they really want, as I see it, is commitment. So what happens for me when coaches come to work with me for one session, several, six months, a year, I say, what do you want to get out of this work? And they say, often, uh, sometimes I have, sometimes this only comes out when I ask the second question I usually ask, which is what would make this work extraordinary? What would have to happen in it to create that kind of shift to make you feel like that? Often, at least at that point, coaches coaches will say something like, I'd love to feel confident in my work. That's what would be extraordinary. I'd love to really believe that this is going to happen. Sometimes it's even, I'd love to really believe that, that coaching is even a thing, that it even works. And that's a stage that a lot of us have to go through, especially when the world is sometimes a bit skeptical. I remember going through that one myself, unpacking it with my coach at the time. But those ideas that we need to wait for confidence or wait to be- wait for belief they're tricky for me. In fact, to me, they feel like resistance. Pernicious, tricky resistance in the way that Stephen Pressfield talks about it. The force that stops us from our callings, the things we deep down really want. And the reason that I think it's resistance is that I think the confidence, at least in the way that we normally talk about it in society, is a calm. And here's why. Here's how I came to that realization. First, uh, last year I was writing an article uh, for a, another website about the three uh, gateways to a powerful coaching engagement. And as I was writing that, I, I realized something about confidence. I gave it a new definition, my own, which is uh, confidence is a deeply held belief that the actions we take will lead in the end to the outcomes we desire. A deeply held belief that the actions we take will lead to the outcomes we desire. And I'd seen that through my coaching. I'd seen uh, many people report an increase in their confidence over the work we did together. And how I saw that happen was they would decide with me to take some action. They They would understand and express what they wanted. They would decide to take some action. Then they would come back. We'd speak again. And they would see that the actions they'd taken had taken them closer to the outcomes they desired. Then, at the end of last year and the start of this year, I worked with Rich Litman. He's a coach and an author, a fantastic coach, and a wise man. And one of the distinctions he brings into his work, he says, confidence is a result, not a requirement. And this resonated with me. And you can see from the definition why it would. Because how do you develop that deeply held belief? Well, you do it by taking action. That's what I'd seen with my clients. It's what I'd seen for myself. So confidence is a result of taking action and not a requirement. So for those that are waiting for confidence, waiting for belief, they're going to be waiting a long time. Those things aren't what you need. What you need is commitment. 
making a commitment to coaching, but to anything, frees you. It doesn't feel like it should, does it? It feels like it would tie you down. But that's not what I see. What I see is that when you give yourself the stability, I am committed to coaching, you're freed up to create in other places. Where's the trappedness? The trappedness comes from not being committed. Because when you're committed, you're free to play a long game. If you're not committed, you're constantly playing a short game. And, and that's not good for business. The funny thing is, if you play a long game, if you free yourself to do that by making a commitment, what I see is things happen faster for you. They certainly have for me. In the short game, you're trapped. You're trapped by desperation, by neediness. You're trapped by... You know, I might give up if I don't make a success of this month. Uh, I need to get the client now in this way. I can feel the short gameness in my body as I say that. And the knocks in the short game. You're trapped by them too. You're trapped by the no's because if I'm not sure I'm in this, then the no's I get this month, well, they take on a big significance. Whereas if I'm freed by a commitment to this work, free to play the long game, then it's different. Then instead of, I must get these clients this month because if I don't, I'm, it's clearly not for me. I'm done. I'm giving up. I'm not made out for this. Instead of that, if someone says no, ah, well, in that case, how do I plant a seed with this person? How might I be able to help them even if they're not going to become a client? What might I offer them so that they might come back to me in the future? So that they might refer someone to me. If I don't get a client this month, that's okay. But I want to plant a seed of possibility. That's what I see in the long game. You're freed to plant these seeds of possibility. And it's from those seeds that the work comes. Then there's a question, I guess, that some people might have at this stage. They might not quite buy that commitment. That, it's a, uh, that, that, that confidence is a con, that idea. So I want to offer you two things to, to, to show you that a little bit more, how even if you don't believe that, commitment is important because you won't always feel equally confident. And there's two reasons for that. One is, I think that's just how humans work. I don't feel equally confident about things day to day. My confidence fluctuates. Some days I'll feel like I can do anything. I'll feel like I could coach anyone. I'll feel like I could reach out to anyone or speak in front of anyone. Some days I don't feel like that at all. Now I think that's human. So on some days you won't feel as confident as others. And also I think it's almost impossible to be a coach without also being an entrepreneur. And being an entrepreneur means sometimes doing new things. Maybe it's just working with a new client. Maybe it's a new way of working, uh, some new training you're going to put into action, some new type of work or a new company you're working for. But there'll be new things. And you won't feel as confident there. You won't feel like it. And a commitment is what you need to keep you acting even when you don't feel like it. When you're not confident, because sometimes you won't be confident because you're a human, commitment will help you act when you don't believe when you feel scared and you will because you're human commitment will keep you acting
So the next concept that I want to share with you is the idea of skin in the game. Uh, I first heard this phrase, or, or at least it first landed for me, when I heard Nassim Taleb use it. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar, essentially it means that to take part in something, you put in some risk. You've made some kind of investment. Uh, I think there's a possibility it came from Shakespeare. It came from the Merchant of Venice and the Pound of Flesh. But no one really knows where the phrase came from. But it's evocative for me. An investment. And what it does for me, skin in the game, it keeps me from running away. And I think that's what it can do for you too. There are two, as I see it, really powerful ways to get skin in the game. To make your commitment to coaching more powerful. And the great thing about these two ways is they don't just stop you from running away by tying you to your commitment. So that on your scared days, on your anxious days, you stay with it. They also help you grow your business. Those two ways are financially and reputationally. Get financial skin in the game. Get reputational skin in the game. Financially, it might be, for instance, I'm going to work less. I'm going to create a day in my working week for coaching. And the amazing thing about that is, only by creating that space can you fill it with clients. You can't do it without that day. It's just not how the world works. It's not how we work. Only by investing money in yourself, in your own development, can you deepen your experience so that you can develop, give even more value to the clients you, you meet, you speak to. Reputationally, only by putting yourself out there, by telling people you're a coach, by sharing that, can people become clients. There's one surefire truth that the, uh, the reverse of that is true. If you don't tell anyone that you're a coach, you can't get any clients. These are the kind of things, the kind of investments that will keep you from running away. Now, some people say, well, I'll invest when I'm ready. I'll invest when I'm sure. But the sad thing is, just like for the people waiting to be confident, we get ready by starting. We get sure by taking action. We take action by starting and we start when we commit. So I can remember really clearly the moment when I committed. I was sitting in a London park with a woman called Holly Aston. Uh, Holly and I had both just finished our coach trainings. We'd done them differently, uh, different places. And then we'd met and we'd offered, we'd suggested exchanging coaching. I would coach her, she would coach me. It's a great thing to do, especially with someone from another school, because you'll learn about their coaching and I remember Holly's coaching. It was beautiful, it was gentle, and it was powerful. It was a sunny day. Uh, there was a tree behind her. We were sitting in the grass. And I had this realization. I think Holly coached me for 10 minutes, just 10 minutes. And in the middle of that, I had a realization. I need to create more space and time in my life for this coaching thing. I didn't know where it would go. I was still working full-time in a leadership development company at the time. I certainly didn't know that less than two years later, coaching would be all I do. I'd be a full-time coach. But I knew I had the feeling I need to, to create more space for this. I need to commit in a bigger way. I shared that with Holly at the end of our coaching. <laughs> and she said, well, Robbie, 
I thought that was obvious. And that was powerful feedback for me too. So, I did that. I managed to do it. I was a bit lucky and I managed to hustle. And I, I applied for a job in my company where I would be on a job ship. I would be there for three days a week and I would be working as a coach two days a week. And what that gave me straight away was skin in the game. And I don't have uh, fancy tastes, but I needed more money than I could get from those three days a week. I could cover my rent and some of my outgoings. And and as, as an aside, that's quite a useful place to be. Take some of the money pressure off our coaching our art, whatever we're doing in those other days, the day job. It gives us some of the freedom to really play the long game because the money doesn't become as desperate. So having a day job like that can be really useful. But I needed some more money. That wasn't enough money. So I had to, I had some financial skin in the game. I needed to create some money from my coaching. And pretty soon. And I had reputational skin in the game. My colleagues in the office knew what I was doing. They'd say, what have you been up to on your coaching days? And it was embarrassing if I had to shuffle, make something up or say, not much. And my friends and family knew. They'd be like, what's, what's up with you? What, what's going on? And I'd say, well, I'm a part-time coach now. Suddenly that was out in the world. And they knew then as well that I was taking it more seriously, that I was committed. And that, I think, did two things. One, it, it made it easier for them. It gave me more credibility. It made it easier for them to refer people to me. But the other is, each time I told them, each time I showed the world that I was committed, I felt more committed. So then there's a question. Commitment frees you. I've talked about the long game and skin in the game. Why commitment is important and a way to make it a powerful commitment. But what are we committing to? Well, I heard a story recently from Michael Neal, uh, a question that he'd asked. Michael Neal is an author and a coach. I guess you would say one of the most famous coaches in the world in some ways. Uh, very interesting thinker. He said, what's your drive here? Making money or building a business? Now, they're both great things to do. I love making money and it's really important to say that because I think a lot of coaches... Uh, people who want to do good in the world, they sometimes have this attitude about money. They have a bit of uh, ickiness about it, like it's a bad thing. It's not. It's a wonderful thing. But the commitment that you need to make, the one that will free you, is a commitment to building a business. If your drive is to make money, then that's something really different. That's back to the short game. In fact, if your drive is to make money, don't start a business. Don't be an entrepreneur. You've probably got years of experience in an industry. Stay there. Get a promotion. Maybe in the long term, starting your own business will has the potential to make you much more money. But if your driver right now is making money, I'd probably stay where you are. Just get the promotion. Work more hours. Get a second job. Commitment to building a business, that's different. If you're building a business, especially for the long term, then you need to be building it within your integrity. Because that's the only way to maintain that over time. The only way to have a coherent business over a long time is to be yourself. To act in line with your integrity. If you're just after money, you might be doing something different. There might be ways to get some money now that isn't totally what you want to do. It isn't what you're called to. 
If you're building a business, then you're in line with that. You're in line with your integrity. If you're building a business, impact becomes more important. Impact now. Making the money from that impact becomes less important. Because actually, if I have the impact now, well, that's why I'm building the business, right? I'm creating a business in order to have an impact. That's the only reason anyone ever creates a business. Apart from if their drive is to make money. But if their drive is to build a business, they're doing that because of an impact they want to have. And if you're here for an impact, you need to start having that impact right now and finding the ways to have as big an impact as possible. If you're building a business, it needs to be sustainable. You're building it for the long term. You want to be able to continue to have this impact. You want to be doing it within your integrity. Then you have to build a business which fits around the life that you want to live. If you're out here to make money, again, it might be long hours. It might be weeks at a time away. If you're in line with your integrity, if you're building a business that fits the life that you want to have, well, that's different, isn't it? Then you need to think, well, what's the life I want to have? And how do I fit this work around it? One of the most powerful reasons that building a business is the thing you need to commit to and not just making money is about investment. Pretty much every business needs an investment at the start. For you, that might be an investment of time. It might be an investment of money. Often it'll be an investment in yourself. And those investments, if you're out to make money, especially in the short game, why would you invest? Don't spend more money. Just make it. Make as much money as you can while spending as little as you can. Spend as much time as you can on just making money, not on building a business. But if you're committed to building the business, then you know the investment will pay off. Most of all, you know if you're building a coaching business where you're selling yourself, you're the product, then investing in yourself, in your personal growth. Well, that's a safe bet. That's a no-brainer. I had this thought with some training I was looking at last year. It was $3,000 and I'd need to fly to Houston. I didn't do it in the end, but I got to the place where I was like, well, how many extra clients would I need to get ever? to make this investment worthwhile. Suddenly, it felt like an obvious investment that I could make. And that's why, this whole piece, is why one of the reasons why I offer a group program for coaches. It's a way for them to invest in themselves, but also it's a way for them to commit fully to coaching. But that's the commitment they're making. You know, I make that explicit actually in the group. You're here to build your coaching business. When you've made that kind of commitment, when you've settled that you're building a business and you know the investment will pay off, then it gets exciting. And of course, you've got some financial skin in the game too. Most of all though, building a business brings us back to planting seeds. You're always planting those seeds of possibility. Whether it's investment in yourself, whether it's something different, you know these seeds, they're going to come back. Maybe not this year, maybe not next year. What about in five years? What about in ten years? That's why you need to act in line with your integrity. That's why you need to do business well. And of course, if you do all this, if you invest in yourself, you make the impact you can, an ever deeper impact, because the more work we do on ourselves, and I'll talk about this in another video, the deeper our own impact can be. The more we build a business that, that fits the life we want to live, which frees us again even more to be in our business with integrity, the more we invest in ourselves, the more we plant seeds, 
Well, then the money comes anyway. So. <laughs> That's what you're committing to. Building a business. So how do you commit? Well, the interesting thing is, for me, in my story, you could hear the moment I committed, well, it wasn't when I went part-time. And neither was it when I paid several thousand pounds to train as a coach, and that was before the conversation with Holly. It was in that moment. I had the insight. I walked away from the park. I knew it. Inside, I knew it. I'd committed. How do you commit? You decide to. Stephen Pressfield, in his book, The War on Art, which is about how you beat your resistance, how you get to the places that you really want to, how you, you, you respond to the things that are calling you. He says you, you beat resistance by turning pro. How do you turn pro? Well, one day, you decide to. He compares it in The War of Art to how an alcoholic or an addict beats their addiction. How do they get sober? Well, one day, Stephen Pressfield says, they decide to. I had a conversation with my friend, Mike Toller. He told me a story. He said, one person asked another, wow, you've been married so long. How do you stay married all these years? What's the secret? And the other person says, well, each day, I decide not to get divorced. And that brings us on really to my final point for you, my final idea. Because it's one thing to commit. It's another thing to stay committed. It's another thing to recommit when you've slipped and fallen. And you might not need to do this every day. Just like I suspect the person who stayed married didn't have to do it every day. But at every wobble, you might have to. Every time you make a mistake, every time you don't fulfill your commitments to yourself your business, to your calling. You need to recommit. The voices will be going in your head. They go in mine. Some people call them gremlins. Pressfield would talk about them as resistance. Your, your head will be saying things like, well, you didn't introduce yourself as a coach today. You said you would and you didn't. Maybe you're not cut out for this. Maybe the voice will be saying, you only did three of the things on your to-do list today, and it was a coaching day. You did all that work to create this day for coaching, and you only did three of the things on your list. Maybe this isn't for you. Maybe you're not cut out to be a coach. And then you've got two choices. You can listen to those. You can believe them. Or you can say thank you. Thank you, Resistance. Thank you, Kremlins, for reminding me that I didn't meet my commitment, for calling me out. But I'm not going to give up today. I'm going to recommit. I learned the power of this. I understood it differently when I heard Tim Ferriss tell a story. He's a podcaster and a writer. And he was sharing about how he finally uh, was able to meditate in a different way. What used to happen to him is he'd give up. He'd get angry with himself for not being able to do it. And then he realized. He realized what the part of it was that if he kept doing it, he would know he was getting stronger. He would know his focus, his mindfulness, his presence was deeper. Tim Ferriss loves 
physical exercise. He knows a lot about that. He's written a great book about it. And when you go to the gym, you lift weights to get stronger. Strength is the aim, but you don't just hold the weight up. You lift it. And it's the number of reps, the number of times you repeat that, that makes your muscle stronger. And Tim realized that the rep in meditation is bringing your attention back. It's catching. Oh, my attention's all over here. I'm not focused on the thing I want to be focused on. And bringing it back. That's the rep. Well, in commitment, recommitment is the rep. That's the thing that makes sure if you, when you slip, when you notice you're not fulfilling your commitment, you bring yourself back. Ah, this is the thing that's going to make my commitment stronger. If I recommit today, and then tomorrow, and then the next day, then today, and then tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, my commitment will grow stronger. And that's why I believe that commitment is the shift that coaches need to go through. If they want to create the businesses, the lives, the practices, the impact that deep down they really desire. Thank you for watching this video. It's been powerful for me to create. I hope it's been powerful for you to, to watch, to listen to. I hope you've taken some things from it. And I'd love to make a little request. I'm a coach, right? Of course I'm going to ask something of you. Share with me. Share with me the, an insight. An action. A place you noticed you weren't committing and now you're going to. I'd love to invite you to share them publicly in the comments on YouTube or LinkedIn. I made a, I made a video recently about money and I felt that the comments, they were kind of more interesting than the video. Some great discussion and value there left for anyone who watches after you. But you can share them privately as well. I'm on hello at robbieswalecoaching.com. Thank you so much for watching this video. Good luck with whatever you're committing to. <laughs> nice to listen back to that video. I think like the other episode, uh, episode eight, I hadn't, I haven't listened back. I may have never watched that video back. I, I, I remember recording each of them a few times to try and get it. Um, it's a little bit different to recording to those, those other videos because they were just like talk about something you talk about a lot, like how I end an engagement. It's just tell the story from a few notes. This was powerful. But like I said at the start, it's powerful because I had to pull together those ideas into a coherent story. And that's a different kind of um, kind of video, really, uh, but really useful for me to have done. It's also part of some work I've been doing over the last few years, really, too. Be more present over longer periods and work out how to do that. And in this one, I was kind of probably more in my old operating system. You know, I did loads and loads of acting when I was kind of a, from about the age of 11 till about the age of 25. It was my kind of almost only hobby, but not that's not quite true. Um, not when I was at school, but later it was like it was what I did a lot of the time. And it's where so many of my friends, uh, friends came from in different ways. Um and you can hear, I think, well, I can hear with a trained ear knowing myself um, some of the pauses, uh, and you'll probably catch this now in the other videos. Um, some of them are for, you know, pausing for, with presence, and some of them are, wait, what am I supposed to say next? And I had, like, pages of had my camera set up, and then I had pages of notes stuck up behind it so that I could look there if I needed to without looking too far away from the, from the phone that was recording it. Or probably should have had some kind of... Uh, 
I didn't really want to have actually some kind of what do you call it like um, teleprompter software. I wanted to do it more presently than that, and, and mostly I managed that. The other thing that I spotted during this is, you know, it's really interesting hearing myself sounding a bit like Rich Litvin, who I um, absolutely love the work of and I think was in the middle of working with or had relatively recently finished working with at that point. I must have finished by that point, finished by kind of five or six months probably actually. But it's like, you know, I can hear it in some of the turns of, not kind of turns of phrase, more tones of voice. And I don't think I do that all the time. But I don't mind that I do. I noticed as I was doing it. It reminded me of a great thing that I learned from my friend Vegard, really, um, about doing shadow work. And I, I don't know much about shadow work, um, really, myself, except that we did some great exercises which came from it as part of some workshops that Vegard and I and his company, Coaching Partner, um, used to do. I don't know if they if they still do. I'm not working with them at the moment. Um, and one of them was think about someone you admire and the qualities they have. And the punchline of that exercise is basically that you can only really admire um, qualities which you understand deeply. And you can understand deeply qualities only if you really feel them in yourself. And so I like, I had a really nice moment. I'd kind of learned that lesson. It took me a while to learn it. Like I had to ha- had to do the exercise. I didn't really believe that I had these qualities. And then you know six months later someone gave me feedback that I had them and I was like wow oh how interesting it's true and I had a great insight when I was working with Rich that one of the reasons that I admire him him, is that I have some of those qualities myself Um, so I don't mind hearing myself sound a bit like Rich although I suspect I sound if I made these videos now I would sound a little bit less like him a couple of things I wanted to pull out I wanted to slow down I had to pause the thing wind it back to get this bit where I said really fast Uh, We think we'll only invest when we're ready or we're sure, but we get ready by starting. We get sure by taking action and uh, we only take action when we start and we start when we commit. And I had to check that I wanted to check that I was right. And I think I am right. But I also wanted to give you that again. So it's a little confusing. It's not quite as neat if I if I'd been planning it better, I would have probably or if I stuck to my lines, maybe I would have got that got that in a neater way but if we think that we're only going to invest when we're ready or sure that's a con that's a short circuit that won't serve us and that's because we get ready by starting and we start when we commit and it's because we get sure by taking action we take action when we start and we start when we commit i wanted to pull that out i also wanted to pull out there's a i wrote uh i didn't talk about it in this video but um that insight from Tim Ferriss about meditation and bringing your attention back to whatever you're focusing on being the rep, translating into commitment. I wrote a longer article about that. I, I learned that from a challenge Rich gave me when I went to one of his events. And there's an article about that, which I think in some ways is one of my most original thoughts. I'm sure it's not original, but that recommitment is the rep. And, and in fact, therefore, is the journey to growth, to change, to getting what you want to done, done, you, what you want to do, done to uh, owning your word with yourself and living in your integrity. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes or you can find it on thecoachesjourney.com or my web- or robbieswalecoaching.com and it's called uh, Recommitting is the Journey and the picture of a woman doing weights as the, as the header for it. So look, uh, the next video, onto that now, um, it's about um, a shift which I think is really important and I think really is the gift of The Prosperous Coach, the book, um, for many of us, um, but I'll get into that more. And the next video is 
how do we come to a place where we deeply understand that our coaching practice, our coaching business is something that we can create? And the title of the video was Creative. Hi, I'm Robbie Swale, and I'm making this video as part of my work supporting coaches to grow their impact and grow their businesses. My zone of genius, at least as I understand it now, is about sharing myself deeply, openly and with love with the world. And that's what this video and the other two in this series are about. They're about me sharing my experience, my insights, myself, about three states or stages that I think coaches need to go through or can go through on their way to creating the business, the life, the impact that they really want deep down. And the reason that I want to make these videos, do this work with coaches, I write for coaches, I run a group program, is because I think coaching is an incredibly powerful tool. And I hope that I can be a part of unleashing just a little bit more of the power of coaching on the world. So in the first video, I shared about how I think it's commitment, making a commitment and not confidence, which I think is mainly a con, which is what gets coaches on the journey. It's what they need in order to be serious about making that start, making the first big shift. And I spoke about how making a commitment is one thing, keeping that commitment, recommitting every day, especially when things go wrong, that's another thing. And the second shift, the one I'm going to talk about in this video, well, it's a shift that makes keeping that commitment, recommitting manageable on bad days and exciting and inspiring on good days. It's the shift to believing that a successful coaching business is something I can create. Believing I can create it. It's the shift from victim, from there's nothing I can do here, I'm waiting for the world to create it, to believing if I take these actions, I will create it. The victim, that leads to inaction. The creator, that's someone who acts in the world. I heard Diana Chapman from the Conscious Leadership Academy describe this shift, the shift of the world. My coaching business is just something that happens to me to the world is created by me as a shift from threat to trust. So it's deep. When we feel like we're a victim, we feel like things are out of control, we feel threat, we feel scared, we feel like things are scarce. Evolutionarily, it's part perhaps of that fight, flight, freeze reaction. When we're under threat, we do one of those things And either way, we're not taking concerted action. At best, we're running or we're fighting. At worst, we're freezing. And there's the inaction. When we're the creator, we've learned to trust. In this case, trust. If I take these actions, then the business, the life, the impact that I want, it will come to me. Sometimes that trust does come through confidence. Uh, If we commit and we hold to that commitment, then in the end, we understand, we have the confidence. Remember I spoke last time, confidence is a deeply held belief that our actions 
The actions we take will lead to the outcomes we desire, but that's always a result of taking action, that we have that deeply held belief. So what I want to talk to you about in this video, that's about ways to speed up, ways to find things we can trust and build our business from that place. Because the truth is, you've been a creator in your life hundreds of times in many different places. Maybe, for instance, you've, in your previous work, got a track record, a proven track record of creating results. Perhaps even creating clients there. Uh, at least you've got a record of creating relationships with friends, with family, with colleagues, with in-laws. Maybe you've got experience of creating a life for your child so that she can thrive and grow and live the life that, that she wants to live. Maybe it's something different. It's events. You've got experience of creating parties, creating your wedding, creating something different, some other kind of event in the world, creating a project, creating a result. And again, to trust faster that you can create the business that you want is to build that business from the things that you've already done hundreds, thousands of times because you can already begin to trust them. I believe that's why thousands of people read an article I wrote about my story of coaching. They read that and they thought, ah, oh, well, these things, I think there were seven things in that article. These seven things, that they're, they're things I could do. I can trust just a little bit more, maybe just this bit more, this bit more, this bit more. That these will lead to the business if I just do these things. Partly because, you know, I was telling the story openly and honestly of, that it had worked for me. And partly because they were all things that people felt they could do. Well, I can learn. In fact, I love learning. Or, well, I can send emails to people, especially heartfelt, authentic emails. Or, well, I can buy a coach. I can buy coaching and get a coach. Like, in fact, I'd love to. Imagine if I could trust that that was something which would lead to me growing the business that I, that I really want, that would lead to me creating. And I'll talk a little bit more about that, about doing our own work in the next video. It's this, having things which we've done before in our life and building our business from there, that I think makes the book, The Prosperous Coach, so powerful. It's a book by Rich Litvin and Steve Chandler. And one of the core principles in it, in it is, you're a coach. You're great with people. So spend time with people. Make your business, growing your business, about that. Not about hiding behind a computer. Not about whatever else you might think it is. Make it about speaking to people, about coaching them powerfully, about opening up conversations. People read that book and they think, wow. I could do that. I could do this, this thing that they're talking about. Ideas like that, like the ones I wrote about, which were inspired massively by the Prosperous Coach, and the ones that Rich Lipman and Steve Chandler wrote about, they can shift you in, into creator. And you can feel it when that happens. You can feel the difference. I remember a time I really felt that shift. I was still training to be a coach at the time, but I was getting to the place. 
I was before the story I told in the first video. I was getting to the place. I, I, I knew I was in it. I was pretty sure I was in it for the longer term. I was working in a small leadership company at the time in Somerset House, in some offices there. It's a big old building in London. And I sent a message around the tenants newsletter so that um, other companies, other people whose companies were based in that building, they would get an email from me or a message from me in the email. And it said, um, I'm looking for practice clients. Would anyone be interested? I got five, six responses. Um, and, and I was on a call at the time. I just had those responses, I think, uh, with a woman called Carolyn Freya Jones as part of a, a training course by the brilliant online training organization Coaches Rising. And I asked Carolyn a question. I said something like, uh, um, like, I've got these people. How, what can I do to help them become clients, to make it more likely? And she beautifully didn't answer my question. Uh, and I think that that's because she saw an opportunity to serve me in more powerfully by helping me shift into creator. By helping me see that I could create it. Because where I was was like, I've got these six people. I need to do this super well. Like I need to really get this right. Otherwise, those six people are gone. I can't write to any uh, to the the newsletter again and I'm back to square one and it's out of my control and I'm the victim. So instead what she said was, well, how about this instead? And she gave two ideas actually, one to me and one to someone else and I could feel the energies I heard them. They were about invitation. And I'd read about in The Prosperous Coach about invitation but I didn't know how to do it. And the ideas were these. First, sit and think. Who would you be inspired to coach? And then write to them. Or call them up. I write because I'm uh, 33, so calling people up, people my age, sometimes feels a bit weird. But maybe call them up if you can and say, well, look, I got this advice from another coach. And you can do this. Uh, I got this advice from another coach to just sit and think sometimes about who in the world would I be inspired to coach? And then just reach out to them and offer them that gift. And I thought of you, and here's why. And then get really specific. Why are they inspiring? And then even the invitation is a gift to them. And then say, you mean, I'll make it real. Look, you don't have to do this. There's no pressure to say yes. Uh, and there's no pressure to become a client if you do. But this is a gift I'm able to offer right now. I thought of you. That was the first one. The second was, think of the people you know who might refer people to you because they know you and they, they trust you in some way. And they've got a great network. And then reach out to them and say, well, look, I know, uh, you know, I, this to like a guy I went to university with. Like, I know you, you, you know, you like me and you might refer people to me. But if you, and he, he's got a great network and, 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 but if you, if I want people to refer, if I want you, if I want you to refer people to me, well then the best way for you to do that is to have experienced working with me. So I'd love to offer you a coaching conversation. We'll sit down, we'll work on whatever's important to you. It'll be a great way to connect maybe as well. But also, then if you meet someone, you'll really know if I'm the right person to refer them to. And those two things, those two invitations, they shifted me straight into creator. I could feel the energy. Emailing the Somerset House mailing list and hoping people reply. I said, I can only do that a couple of times maybe. And I'm, it's, all, it's all to them. But the invitations, well, they're a practice I can repeat over and over again. I can create from there. And isn't that powerful? There's no scarcity. It's just possibility. One of the challenges 
one of the places we as coaches slip into victim is we're a victim of I have to do it this way. There are so many messages out there of this is the way to do it. One of my clients put it beautifully and with a lot of frustration. Everyone is telling me this is the one way that I need to build a coaching business. That's really annoying, right? And it also gets us into scarcity. It gets us into confusion. gets us into threat. Well, if there's only one way, and I have to do it this way, well, then I better get it right. I better get the way that I do it right. And that's, again, that's threat. That's victim. It's out of my control. I don't know what's right. The beauty of shifting to creator is that you don't have to do these things. You don't have to have a niche. You don't have to go on Twitter or LinkedIn or Snapchat or Instagram. You don't have to have a Facebook ad and a marketing funnel and a detailed business plan. You don't have to write a blog. You don't have to host a podcast. You don't have to be full-time to create the lifestyle and business that, that you want deep down. You don't have to have a small practice of high-paying, high-performing clients. You don't have to do any of the things that I said I did in my story. You certainly don't have to make YouTube videos. Have to. Should. Those are the stories of the victim. I choose to. That's the story of the creator. Rich Litvin, author of The Prosperous Coach, he chooses to believe that if someone says no to working with him, It's because he hasn't served them powerfully enough. He chooses to believe that. That's what enables him to trust that in the long game, if he serves people so powerfully that they remember the conversation for the rest of their life, then in the long term, because he's committed to his work, he knows that'll pay back. Also, do you see how it gets him into creator? He can serve people more powerfully. That's down to him, serving people as powerfully as he can. And also, do you see how it pulls him into developing his craft. It's a powerful way to choose. I choose to believe, based on and inspired by the prosperous coach, that if I keep connecting with people in a really human way, if I keep inviting people into coaching conversations in the way that Carolyn suggested or, or in other ways, if I keep coaching as well as I can, and learning how to coach even better, and if I keep if I think that it's that I could do some powerful longer term work with people, if I keep asking them if they'd like to hear about that, and if they say yes, telling them about how, how to work with me, if I do those four things, I trust that I will create the kind of business that I want to be a part of for the long term. Connect, invite, create a powerful coaching experience, and ask people, would you like to hear what it's like to work with me? Those things, they become my compass. Partly at first, I trusted it because they sounded like things I could do. I'd done them before. Partly because Rich and Steve said they were a great way to go. And now I've got the confidence to back that up. That came pretty quickly. And I could trust the energy. I could feel the energy of the creator as I did those things. One of the coaches who was on my group program for coaches last year she gave me some great feedback at the end. And, and, and when I got this feedback, I'm going to read it from my notes. This is about when I decided I need to run that program again. This is great. She said, 
Through this work, I've been able to develop a way of reaching out to my clients that feels authentic to me. Well, that's wonderful. That's the game, right? She can create from there. That coach also shared with me another place where we sometimes slip into into being a victim of our models, of our coach training, in our direct one-on-one work with clients. Perhaps we become a victim of our expectations of a coach or of what we think our clients' expectations are. I have to be very serious. I have to sit up straight. I have to run 60 minutes coaching sessions and I have to always run to time. I have to only use what I learned on my coaching course. I have to always start with a question about the goal. Or I have to go from here to here to here in the coaching session. Now, best practice is best practice for a reason. And the frameworks we get taught in our training, they're a powerful way to soup up the skills that we naturally have. And frameworks like the ICF's uh, core competencies they're what keep up, help us know and other people that coaching is a profession. We've got standards. But sometimes, sometimes those things, those models, that training, instead of empowering us, instead of allowing us to, to, to pour our skills through this thing which will make them even bigger, through this prism, sometimes they become restricting. We become a victim of them. That's why watching other people coach is so powerful. We, th- we think, oh, I wouldn't have done that. I could do that next time. But would I? And that, seeing the possibilities and then choosing, that's the creator. So why am I so sure that this is the right way to go? That it isn't that there is the right way to build a business and the right way to coach. Well, that's because I believe um, what Robert Holden believes, to slightly paraphrase him. I believe the next level of success is available to you if you dare to be more fully who you are. The victim thinks there's one way to do this. Only one way. The right way. But the creator, the creator knows that, that the prospective clients, the people you could do your best work with in the world, they'll be spoken to most if you dare to be on your website, in your marketing, yourself out in the world. They'll be spoken to most if you dare to be more fully who you are. That's when they'll want to work with you. The creator knows that in your one-on-one work, as you're speaking to clients, they'll be transformed the most. They'll achieve the things they want to achieve the most. They'll feel more themselves if you dare to be more fully who you are. The skeptics might be thinking, well, you know, who says that's true? I would say, I don't care if it's true. What I know is if I choose to believe that, that gets me into creator. Creator is where I take action. That's the game. That's how I stay on the road. So I stay committed for the long game. By understanding 
that the world is created by me, not happening to me. To to choose to believe that I can affect the world, that it's in my control, not out of it. To move to trust, not threat. To move to creator, not victim. So get out there. Create it. Thank you for watching. I hope you've taken insights away from this video. It's been powerful for me to create it. And a pleasure, I can feel my energy now, creator, right in this moment. If you're interested in learning more about what I have to say, check out the other videos in the series. There's more videos that I've made on YouTube on everything from uh, pricing to how I structure an engagement to my first conversations. And if you'd like to do some more work, well, consider joining my group program. We'll get into this stuff. We'll get into more. I'll support the coaches who join to build their business, coach more fully as who they are. And that's exciting. That's about unleashing power. And I'd love to hear from you. If you want to reach out, I love talking about coaching. So email me at hello at robbieswellcoaching.com or place a comment on YouTube or LinkedIn, wherever you're watching this. Thanks for watching. Good luck. So it's Robbie here from uh, 2020 back. Um, and just to catch, if um, for anyone who hasn't listened to that other episode, those other videos I mentioned at the end of that video, they're the ones that are summarized on episode eight, uh, most of them anyway. Um, and I think maybe some extra ones that I made after. Uh, after this point, um, yeah, like it's interesting to hear that one, I guess. There's, there's some broad stuff in there which is applicable to everyone, um, whether you're a coach or not as well as some coach-specific stuff. Um, I love that you can hear that. So I live near Battersea Helipad. I love that you can hear the helicopter in the middle of that as well. Um, I like to think. So in the, there's, a, there's a 24, uh, like a season or something of 24, with, where Jack Bauer flies into Battersea Helipad. So um, I'm hoping that we caught that on them. Oh, no, it was too late. I think it was way before this point. Uh, it's interesting to slow down on that, that question about why is the Prosperous Coach such an important an interesting book for so many people and I think a big part of it is seeing that you can do it this way and giving some framework for that you know but the, the more I think about that book the more I think there's also something great about you know I think this is something Rich says sometimes but it is a book of principles so it's it, there's an element in which it's timeless and there's a lot of paradoxes in it and it's worth catching them you know one bit it says charge enormous amounts of money uh, and another bit it says if you haven't got any clients drop your fees to $30 an hour or whatever and in one bit it says never give away any coaching and the other bit it says gift coaching to people <laughs> so it's, you know it's a book of paradoxes and that means that we can all find our own way in it um, it's worth just catching um, there's a distinction between those things that I list that I choose to believe will predict choose to believe and can trust will lead to a good outcome for my coaching business one of the important things for them is that they are all within my control. Um, you know, whether I connect with new people, whether I invite people into coaching conversations, like I've got control over all those things. And they are like, if you connect with enough people, even just that in and of itself, like it almost has to 
lead to coaching clients at some point. Like, certainly, if you invite enough people into coaching conversations and you create the, the most powerful coaching conversations you can with people, if you gift enough sessions to enough people, you will end up with people wanting to work with you. Especially if you do that last part, if you say, would you like to hear what it's like to work with me? So I think that's an important just thing to just highlight there. I want to catch the importance of the energy of the creator, which I mentioned at the end there. I think there's like, there's a few ways you can think about the shift from victim to creator. Uh, Diana Chapman, who I mentioned, and Jim Dethmer in their book, 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership, they talk about some shift practices. So what can you do to shift from the world happening to me to the world created by me? You know, and they're as sim- they can be as simple as take three deep breaths and change your physical position, but there's, there's more than that in there. And I think making something from nothing is one of those things. If you can tr- train yourself, if you can be creative, um, then you begin to see that you can make something from nothing whether that's an article or a collage or um you know a song or whatever it is and that you know does embody going back to the first video the the confidence of the creator and then you can bring that to other parts in your life i think coaching has an innate receiving coaching has an innate quality about it that brings about the feeling of the creator in people and so does creativity in a more pure sense that the kind of art that kind of something from nothing and that's something really important. Um, I don't think it can be overstated. You know, I've just been working on on The Power to Choose and it's a book essentially about realising far more than we think that we have an agency in our lives and the power to choose things. And, you know, the, the longer you do this kind of work, the more you realise, you know, it's one of the, I think it was the first longer article that I wrote online and shared was about how possibility creating a sense of possibility which comes from realizing we have the power to choose we have agency in our lives you know has a fundamental part to play in changing the world for the better you know so many of the things which go wrong in the world happen from a place where people feel like they're hopeless and they don't have a way a way to change things uh lastly i wanted to catch just to, I just thought it was interesting at the very start of that, you know, and at the end, actually, of that video, just on a much more practical level, you can hear me playing with marketing and how you do that. And, like, I don't think that I've got that right, maybe in these videos or generally, partic- I don't think I've particularly got it down, you know, but playing in that space of how do I talk about why I'm making these videos, you know, I, which was partly to create uh, members for my group program, and at the same time, hold the integrity that they are videos and, and quality of content in their own right. I think that's a game that we all have to play. Um, listening to these videos back to back, it feels like I'm talking about that stuff a bit too much, especially because I could be cutting this for you, but I've just decided not to. Because um, I think, especially because because of this conversation, it's interesting to think about that. If we're going to make things in the world, how do we make a big enough request Um you know, so that people know that I can serve them. How do I make a big enough request so that if people want to be served more by me, they know that I'm offering that without being too in your face. And I think that's a tricky part of it. It's why, again, why the Prosperous Coach approach is so good because it means you don't have to worry about that too much. You just do, a, you know, you go to the, the specific of the one person and you invite them and then depending on whether it's right, you make the proposal later on and then depending on whether it's right, they say yes or no. Um. But I think it's a really interesting thing to think about in this kind of case. And um, 
yeah, it just it's worth it's worth everyone slowing down when you make something to make sure that you are being generous in allowing the people who want to stay connected to you, who want who love your work, to to continue to love it in whatever way they can. And it can be really generous to you know a bit like I talked about the commitment of of spending money on coaching in the in that first video. It's really generous to let people know they can buy things from you. If they don't know that, then that they you know they might be sitting there wishing they could or wanting to know how that is and need to hear someone say, and you can do more of this if you like this. And without being so in your face that people will get put off because there is a kind of you know um there's a challenge that a lot of us face operating in the online world. A bit like my client in that video is complaining about where you know, there's a lot of people telling you their way is the only way um, and kind of trying to trick trick us using clever techniques into buying things. And, you know, because I'm interested in the long game, I'm always trying to steer clear of that. The other thought that I had just coming out of this video um, was create about creating a body of work. You know, these three videos, the other videos in, that, in episode eight, all these podcasts, part of it is about creating a, a body of work. You know, these, these videos don't get watched that watched that much, which is one of the reasons, again, a bit like in the last one, uh, last, the last episode that was like this, I feel comfortable sharing them again. Um, but they do get watched, you know. The, the views do trickle up, and that's a fascinating thing about the online world, and people can find them if they're interested in them, and some of you will have watched them before, and, and thanks again for listening again. Um, you know, with one of these videos, I had the thought... I once caught myself in the, in the kind of paradoxical thought, God, I can't believe only 50 people have watched this video. And then I thought, God, I can't believe 50 people have watched this video. I think they're all on more than that now, but none of these ones aren't on that many, that many watches. And yet they are part of my body of work. And if people want to get to know me before they speak to me, they really can. And that's one of the reasons that it can be for the right people, people who love creating work in, in some way, um, or want to do that as part of their own growth and development, you know, creating something and leaving it online as part of a body of work is a powerful way to create a coaching business in the in the long term when playing the long game. I think we're going to, I think, if I remember right, we're going to get into a story about how I created another part of my body of work in this, um, in this last of this series of three videos. Uh, which is about how it's important as coaches for us to do our own work. Um, there's some great stuff in here. And um, yeah, I'll be back again afterwards. But before that, enjoy this, the final the final of those three really important state stages, um, things that coaches need to do in order to create a long-term sustainable business. They need to do their own work. Hi, I'm Robbie Swale. And I'm making this video today as part of my work supporting coaches uh, to grow their impacts and grow their businesses. I met my coach this week and I spent the first 10 minutes of it quizzing her about the intricacies of how she runs her business because I love talking about coaching. And we had to kind of haul ourselves back to doing the work that we were there for. And that's what this video is about, why it's important for coaches to do their own work, why they might want to strongly consider receiving coaching. We hauled ourselves back to it, though, and we did that. But, but I love talking about coaching. One of the reasons I love coaching and talking about it is because I think it's an incredibly important tool for creating change in the world. And I get frustrated and sad, or I just feel like there's this sense that there are coaches out there who haven't yet created the business they want 
or the lifestyle to go with it that will give them the lifeblood to keep doing this important work which they have the talent for in the world. So this video is a part, partly I'm making it, partly I do all this work with coaches, I write for them, uh, I make videos, I run a group program for coaches because I want to contribute to that. Partly this video and that work is about me leaning into my zone of genius. My zone of genius, at least as I understand it now, is about sharing myself deeply with love with others with the world. So that's my aim for these videos. They're about, this is part of a series of three, uh, and they're about me sharing my learning, my experience, my beliefs about three of the key steps or stages or uh, fundamental parts of the mixture that happen in a successful coach's journey as, as a coach successfully creates the business, the life that deep down they really want. So the first video in the series was about commitment. It was about how it's that, making a commitment to coaching for the long term and not a belief and not confidence, which I think is mainly a con. It's the commitment that will make a real difference to you in creating a successful business. The second video is about shift from victim to creator, from feeling under threat in our business to trusting that we can create it. This video is about a third vital part of the mix. If you want to do work supporting people to learn, to grow, to develop, to transform, then it's absolutely vital that you are learning and growing and developing and transforming. And the way to do that is to do your own work. I learned about the importance of this early in my journey. I learned about it from The Prosperous Coach, a brilliant book by Rich Litvin and Steve Chandler. One of the things they say in that book is, would you trust a doctor who told you they never went to the doctor. I learned it from Rich later on when he said something like, you can't take a client any deeper than you have been able to go yourself. And how you go deeper is to do your own work. I learned it from the wisdom of psychotherapy, which I looked into as a career before I dived into coaching. Because in psychotherapy, if you're doing training, if you're training to be a psychotherapist, Almost everywhere you have to receive psychotherapy. And it's uh, in some ways it's requirements of being memberships of governing bodies. And that's because they understand deeply in, in, a, in psychotherapy that doing our own work is really important. And particularly if you're sitting doing deep one-on-one transformation work with someone, you need to understand yourself so that you know what that's going on in you is about you, what is about somebody else, and what is about the relationship between you. I also learned about it from Jamie Smart. He's a coach and a writer. And he said coaches often came to him and said, with marketing problems, I haven't got enough clients, how do I market my work? When he got to it, when he did the work with them, it was mostly what he called a grounding problem. And grounding, as I understand it, certainly as I see it, is about being grounded in reality with a deep understanding of that, a deep understanding of what makes up reality and how it works and of yourself in that reality. And when you have that deep understanding and you get that deep understanding by doing your own work, then your business development problems look very different. So I'm going to share some of the advantages of doing your own work, some of the ways it pays off in this video. And I'm going to start with two stories from my journey. And they both come from a time when I was just, they were key in me stepping from being a part-time coach into being a full-time coach. 
I had made the commitment, like I talked about in the first video already, I was coaching two days a week, uh, working in an office three days a week. And I got to the point where I was making as much money from the coaching as I was from my time in my office. And I knew the time to be full-time was coming. And around that time, two offers to me appeared out of the blue. The first was an email. And the email said, Hi, Robbie, I, I'm running this leadership program next year and I'd love for you to be the lead coach on it. No, my mind blew. But not only that, it came from a woman, Joe Hunter, who I, who I was inspired by, thought was amazing and, and did and does do amazing work in the world. So I thought about it, and then I said yes. And only later on did I feel secure enough to ask Joe, because why, why did you offer this to me? Because in my mind at that point, we'd met four or five times. I was just, just starting out. Why would she choose me? And the answer she gave, and Joe, if you watch this, you can, you can comment on whether this is true or not. The answer she gave was, just got a feeling that you'd be someone, a great person to do some work with. There's something about you. That something, I believe, was the fact that I had done my own work. And I believe, I believe so hard that that was, that was what made the difference in another role that arrived around the same time. I felt too young, too inexperienced. In fact, according to their role description, I was too inexperienced for this offer that came in. But when I met the people from the organization... They said yes. They offered me the role. And I believe what they could do was feel me in that moment. They could feel my presence. They could feel my grounding. And they could feel that because I'd done my own work. Now, neither of these things was what enabled me to be a full-time coach, but they did enable me to do that with a sense of security, uh, a sense of space in which to create, to stay in the space of creator and to create my business. So, does doing your own work have to be coaching? No. Does it have to be coaching with me? Certainly not. When Joe offered me that role, uh, I'd been receiving coaching, paying for coaching for maybe 16, 17 months. But I was about four years into a concerted journey of doing my own work. And as a sidebar, this is great news for new coaches. Because some people, some people, when they come to coaching, they're coming to developing themselves to doing their own work for the first time. But some people come to it after decades of doing their own work, deep work sometimes. And that will be part of your journey as a coach. It'll be part of why people love working with you. So it doesn't have to be coaching. It can be whatever feels right for you in this moment. I've done my work. I've done it through uh, reading and listening and watching I've done it through therapy. I've done it through group programs and training and one-on-one -on -one coaching. I've done it through reflection and conversation. I've done it through uh, doing my own work out in the world, taking action. I've done it through writing. And yes, I've done it through coaching. The question that might be rising in you now is what makes something count? When is something you're doing count as your own work. Well, for the purpose of what I'm talking about here, here's what I believe. And it takes us back to Robert Holden, who I quoted, I pretty much got the quote right in the last video, and I'll give you it again. The next level of success is available to you if you dare to be more fully who you really are. So the first part of what makes doing your own work count 
is that it's about you daring to be more fully who you really are. And that takes courage. And the second part is that you take that learning about who you really are out into the world and you take action. And that takes courage too. But boy, there's some rewards. So there are so many benefits of doing your own work. I'm going to talk mainly to two of them now. The first, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're committed to coaching, then you're committed to being an entrepreneur. It's almost impossible to be a coach without being an entrepreneur. But even if you're not a coach, being an entrepreneur, if you run a business, it is hard. There are challenges. And if you're a sole business, something you care deeply about, and for many coaches that's true, then it's even harder. And you'll come face to face with all your doubts, all your fears, all your insecurities, all your patterns, all the wonderful and terrible edges of growth for you as a human. And that's really tough. It's hard to hold the commitment. It's hard to stay in trust and not in threat when you're being faced by these challenges. But the beauty of doing your own work is that's what enables you to turn those challenges the whole journey of an entrepreneur into a journey of growth, of learning, of development, and of transformation. And suddenly each of those challenges, if you're doing your own work, becomes an opportunity for growth. And you'll be faced with many. And what a gift that is. The second reason I want to talk to, to you about, about why doing your own work is important is that it will take you to the places where you will create work. Because if you keep doing your own work, daring to be more fully who you really are, well, first, like I said in the last video, the people that might work with you will see you more. They'll see who you really are, and they'll be able to know. They'll get that feeling. Yes, this person, this person is right for me. But more than that, as you do your own work, you'll start doing the things that you've always deep down really wanted to do. You'll start picking up the dreams you've forgotten. You'll start making changes in your life. Not only will that inspire people, but as you do those things that you've always wanted to do, as you go those places you wanted to do, you'll meet the people who also want to do those things, want to go those places. And chances are, you can do some powerful work with them. One of my, (laughs) one of the ways that I have done my work recently evolved into a practice from doing my own work. A little cycle there. And that's online writing. I didn't set out to write articles online because it was a good thing that coaches should do or a good marketing thing to do. I didn't even set out to do it because I'd always dreamed of being a writer. That's not how I remember it but I was doing my own work. I noticed that I was really scared of sharing myself online. Uh, Commenting on Facebook, liking on Twitter, certainly sharing any part of myself. I could feel it physically. I was anxious. So I brought that to my coach, Joel. And we did work on it over weeks, maybe months. And in the end, we designed a practice. And Joel... He used to be an artist, a visual artist before he was a coach. He said, 
I always used to like uh, creating paintings in a series. Why don't you create a series of something? So I did. I created a series of, at first, five pieces of writing. We wanted to take off the, the fear, the barrier, the, the way I was getting in my own way around getting it right. So well, why don't you give yourself a limited amount of time, a place of freedom? What about that 12-minute train journey between Clapham Junction and Waterloo? Right there, proofread it once and post it. And that's what I did. And I chose to post it on LinkedIn because that was where no one I knew really went. No one really read LinkedIn. And yet, two and a half years later, LinkedIn is where I've developed and grown a following. Yeah, fairly modest by some people's standards, but quite a lot of people that I've connected with. And they've connected with me because of my writing. Not only that, I've reconnected with people I knew from years ago who've come and done work with me because they read my articles. Writing, as I mentioned, is, is one of the ways now that I process things, that I do my own work and take it out into the world, right? And sharing that writing is what, is what enables my work to reach beyond the people that I'm speaking to. So there are so many reasons that doing your own work can be powerful. Should some of doing your own work be coaching? Well, if you're a coach, then I firmly believe the answer is yes. And that's because whilst doing your own work in any way is, is vital to you being able to support others to transform and to be able to successfully hold to your convictions whilst running a business, which can be a tricky thing. There are so many things you will learn about coaching from receiving it. You'll have stories to tell potential clients, which instantly give you credibility. They stop you being the doctor who says, uh, yeah, here's a prescription, but uh, I don't take it. Instead, you become the doctor who says, yeah, I've taken this medicine and it worked. And here's how. And what a powerful message that is. You also learn about coaching, about creating clients. Like I said in the last video, that's an important part of shifting into the creator mindset. Because you'll, you'll see, what do I like? What don't I like about uh, being coached, about uh, work, speaking to a potential coach? And then you can choose which of those are the things you're going you're gonna to use. And the way I coach and the way I run my business, I've, I've borrowed things from almost every coach. I've like, I borrowed things from coaches who I just met and, and didn't even do work with. I've learned so much from the four coaches over the last few years. I've paid to work with me. So much. If you want to embody the power, the magic of coaching, there's nothing like experiencing it yourself. Like, if you, then, then you know. You know for sure what it's like. How it can change everything for you. Your whole perception of the world when someone asks you the right question, gives you that piece of feedback, shows you something new. But also, if you're carrying doubts about coaching, is it even a thing? Uh, no one will ever pay for it. Well, find the person who you want to pay for it. Pay a fee that makes you a bit uncomfortable and then feel how worthwhile that is. Find out for yourself if coaching is even a thing. Experiencing the magic of coaching is the surest way to believe in the magic of coaching. But also, paying for coaching, going through that process to buy it, it will just multiply by so many times how you understand what your clients are going through. And therefore, how you want to go about doing your business. 
If you want to charge £3,000 for your coaching, but you doubt anyone will pay it, and you haven't paid it, well, maybe you're right to doubt that anyone will pay it. Find out. Who is the person that you would be willing to pay that money to? And what would they have to deliver? What would they have to say to you in order to get you to want to do it? How would they have to be? And then when you pay the money, you'll understand. What are they going through? What's it like? And then you'll also know when you go through that work, what do I need to deliver for my work to be worth that money? And you'll know what happens to me when I pay that money. What does it feel like? And therefore, what's probably happening for your clients when they do that? You'll learn, you'll learn what it means when they say, oh, I need some time to think about it. What it really means, because you'll know what it meant for you. And you'll be able to understand when to give them time for that. And when to say, no, I think you're just beating around the bush. Because you'll, you'll remember it from your own experience. You'll know what it means when they say, uh, not right now, another time. You'll know what it means when they feel buyer's remorse halfway through the coaching engagement. And what supports you when you're feeling that. And then when you've got all this knowledge and experience, you can use that when you're on the other side of the table. So, if you want to be able to get through the challenges, the difficult times, which will come if you put yourself out there in the world and run a business, a coaching business. If you want to take advantage of the amazing journey of growth that running a coaching business, being an entrepreneur, can be. If you want to believe more in coaching, understand more about it and understand more what your clients are going through. If you want to do more powerful work, have a more powerful presence. If you want your life to change in magical ways. To be more who you really are. Do your own work. Thank you for watching. I hope this video contains insights for you. Um, it's been powerful for me to create this and the others in the series. And if you'd like some more support, if you've got that feeling from me, maybe like Joe did, like my clients do, then look me up, reach out. I run the Coach's Journey, my six-month group program for coaches, to, tr to support them through these transformations through these shifts, to get these pieces in the mix. Doing your own work, making a commitment, getting into the mindset of, I trust I can create this. And if you'd love to do that, if you're interested in that, I'd love to hear from you. And good luck on the journey. Hey everyone. Yeah, so it's Robbie here from 2020 back again uh, for the last time in this episode. Yeah, and I wanted to speak to a few a few things from that video. First of all, I think it's just worth slowing down on the zone of genius. I'm, you know, I'm, I went out of my way really in those videos to uh, mention my zone of genius. I think that was because I was really in the place then of trying to double down on that. So for people who don't know that, it comes from a book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks which is really worth checking out. Some people hate it. I found it both a slightly odd read because it's the ideas in it are somewhat disparate. There's kind of four or five key ideas, but each of them has been really powerful. And in terms of books that have contained, 
you know, a set of ideas. And for me, they included when I stopped myself being happy, what he calls the upper limit problem, the zone of genius, and his attitude to time, which is just kind of amazing, and which I wrote about in when I when I wrote a longer a longer piece about time management. Um, it's really worth checking out. And so my aim with these videos was both to do what my brother Ewan had suggested, but also, you know, as a marketing uh, a piece of marketing for my program, but also get into that zone of genius and try to dare to be more fully who I am and use that as a way to get the right people on the program. Um, and I think you can hear me getting better at that. And, and I've continued to do that work since then. Um, Joe, who gets a mention in that, in that video, I do some work with her at the moment, um, leading a leadership program. Actually, I'm back leading the same one that I was coaching on four years ago, whatever it was. Um, with her but facilitating the workshop parts of that and um, that in the last two years I did that last year at a different university um, the leadership programs are for leading researchers Um, and those became a practice in becoming even more present in those moments when I'm presenting so I'm no longer reciting a script using that actor part of me as much I think in these videos in that one I noticed in the in the do your own work video you can kind of hear that I'm better at that in that one um, but there were still a few pauses uh, where I think I was probably scrabbling for what what am I supposed to say next and I recommend I definitely recognize that from um, from rehearsals of plays when you're just getting off off book um, yeah I think it's worth also saying one of the reasons it's important to make things um is that they make you articulate things in this one i had to sit down and think why do i do work with coaches because i wanted to say that um and i think that thought has developed since then but i basically still believe it but if you're going to say that you have to really if you if you've got a commitment to telling the truth and to authenticity and integrity you have to like oh if i'm going to say what i stand for here and what i believe i need to think about what i believe and that definitely helped me and it's only been emphasised since then. You know, um, I'm really interested in this futurist called Jordan Hall. He's got some amazing things to say. You can find him on the Rebel Wisdom YouTube channel. I, you know, it always takes me about 20 or 30 minutes of the videos with him usually to kind of get into his space. And then when I do, my kind of mind continually blows. Um, one of the things he's interested in is how do we make sense of the world together? Because the old ways we had of doing that, like the media and politicians, just we just don't trust them anymore. And they don't work in the way that they used to work. And one of the things he thinks, and I really agree, is we need everyone to be better skilled at discerning in the moment what is true and what is not, both for ourselves and in conversation with others. And coaching, I mean, coaches are people who are essentially, if they're trained well, are trained to do that. And uh, also coaching receiving coaching trains us to discern at least for ourselves what do we want um so i think it's an incredibly incredibly powerful and important thing especially in complexity um to develop our instinctual ability to trust ourselves and to and to discern the right thing to do in in any moment it's definitely been a powerful part of my my journey i want to catch um those things i got to at the end of that um that video, the kind of powers for a coach of hiring their own coach uh, from a business development point of view. There is an article on thecoachesjourney.com. Um, I'll link to this in the show notes and I've tried to link to everything that I mention, either me of the present or me of the past mentions um, in the sh- uh, in these in this podcast are linked to from the, the show notes, including my articles. So 
um, and including I'll try and link to the first five train series pieces as well if you want to go back and see what the start of my writing practice looks like which is definitely worse writing <laughs> and shorter pieces than I write now um, if you're amazed by how much I can write in 12 minutes oh also um, I realised only much later that the journey isn't usually 12 minutes into Waterloo from Clapham Junction uh, only very occasionally is and happens to have just been like the one that I checked that was a 12 minute journey anyway um yeah, there's an article on thecoachesjourney.com about six the six me identifying and pulling together the six reasons why hiring a coach specifically to do your own work is a really powerful thing to do and telling some stories about that. So that's worth checking out. Um, and I noticed, <laughs> you know, I had a little insight for myself. I noticed I, I sometimes struggle especially because i believe so it's so strongly that it's important for coaches to receive coaching i'm not sure this is a good thing but i notice that i have a slight suspicion of coaches who don't receive their own coaching um now this is interesting for me because i'm just winding up work in some ways with definitely slowed it right down at least with with the coach that i worked for for the last couple of years katie who's been in a couple of episodes um and so I'm aware that I might soon become this person I'm suspicious of. But I do think there's something about, like, I think you can really feel the difference. The people who are really doing their own work. And, yeah, it just makes me, when I hear a coach tell a story about their coaching, I just feel like, ah, right, you get it. And I just, you know, I don't know how much that's true of me just because I know the industry. Uh, or if it's just that I get annoyed by people who don't have coaches. Um especially at an early stage in their work. Um, but I think also there is that, it is that Jamie Smart thing about feeling the grounding in people. And then, yeah, I just, I, I remembered as I was, um, as I was listening to that bit about buyer's remorse, just a great, a great moment. I, when I, you know, when I was working on a Prosperous Coach salon with Rich Litvin, we got about halfway through and we wanted to raise some stuff with Rich about the way the, the, the work was going. And, um, you know, the way he, first of all the way he handled it I, you know I've got that video saved because it was absolutely masterful the way he dealt with our um, worries about the program um, and and I realized partway through I was like oh I'm doing that thing that I always see my clients do which is freak out about halfway through the coaching work when um, you spent the money and haven't seen the results necessarily yet. I just think that is such, that was such a powerful thing for me. And every time I find a client in that space and start worrying about, oh, maybe I should be helping this person stop the work if they're really, really anxious about the money. And I, you know, offer that and have those questions, those conversations sometimes. But I also remind myself, yeah, but remember how much I freaked out midway through that. In fact, all of us, or like most of us in the group freaked out about halfway through that that program and some of it was for good reason and some of it was just that's what we go through and I couldn't have known that without investing an amount of money that made me feel uncomfortable with a coach who I really wanted to work with so that basically brings us to the end of this episode um thanks for listening uh I guess I want to say again you know I meant that thing I say in this video. I, I really believe in that last video, the do your own work video. I really believe in coaching and it does make me frustrated when people who want to do coaching aren't able to find a way to do it. And look, it's not for everyone and I still don't quite know the difference between the people who make this work and the people who don't. But one of the reasons I'm doing all this work is just to give a load of resources to the coaching community so that we can just get more coaches with the, creating the businesses they want to create. So 
just an extra nudge and ask from me that if you've got a lot from this video or any of the podcasts in this series, there'll be more. Like I said, they'll probably be coming out monthly from now on as I just find the balance and the rhythm that works for me so that I can get excited about making episodes instead of sometimes feeling like something I have to do, right? Again, it's back to the victim of the podcast versus creator. Um, they're probably going to come out monthly from now on, occasionally with rushes. I had a few um, interviews that are kind of had spanners in the works because of people's changing availability and things going on for them during during coronavirus. But look, if you've taken a lot from this, do share it with somebody. Um, just think of the coach you know who you think that would most value it um, or the group of coaches or the platform you can share it from. Um, you know, there is a part of this, of course, which is that once a year I run this small group program, like can't avoid it in this episode. I'm running it at the moment. I had a call last night and I just... I love that. I love those conversations. I get a great, amazing feeling from from the amazing people I get to work through th- with through that. But that's like there's three members of that group. That's not really what this is about. Um, mostly, this is about providing a resource for the community of coaches out there, so that more of us, more of you, can create the businesses you want to create. So, take some leadership with that if you're listening share this podcast with somebody or with a group of people or you know with your where you trained and just help it get out there and to everyone who's done that already i've had some wonderful stories you know someone who runs a coach training in singapore who's sharing it and it's like wow how the hell does that happen you know well i'll tell you how it happens it help it happens because wonderful people like you share it and the reason i know that the the, the person in singapore is sharing it is because someone she's training got in touch with me on linkedin and, t- and told me that and so it's a really touching thing when that happens and it also is makes me proud because it means we're doing this work together to empower coaches to run businesses and do amazing work. So I hope that's what this episode has done. I'll be back uh, probably next month, maybe in three weeks with another episode. And uh, until then, uh, of course, like I said in all those videos, feel free to reach out, um, feel free to ask any questions and have a you know and i hope that you are managing amongst everything that is happening in the world right now to be happy and be healthy and take care of yourselves and i will see you again next time hello everyone robbie here again from a third timeline i've just come back to this episode to record this extra outro because i know that when people have listened to this episode well first they may have really enjoyed hearing from me uh for which i you know is 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 really lovely for me to think about um and humbling um but also because of that those things i said at the end about this is a resource um, to share with the coaching world and hope that it continues to grow and that more and more people are supported by it. And also that there's just that little piece about doing your own work and, and how sometimes, you know, I kind of mentioned it really briefly there, you know, sometimes it's not possible for people to do that. Um, and there are, there are two things that have happened more recently than when I recorded this episode in the way that I support coaches and the way that you can support this podcast. And I want to let you know about them before you go on to whatever else wonderful things you've got in the rest of your day. So the first is that um, in uh, November 2020, I launched the Coaches Journey Community, which is the most affordable and flexible way that I think I've ever really offered for coaches to get support from me. So if you love what I've been speaking about in this episode or you've heard me speak about in other episodes and you'd like the idea of getting support directly from me with your coaching business. Um, I created the Coaches Journey community. It's people who want to thrive as coaches with a thriving business and thriving as a person um, and want to meet other coaches 
while they do that and be connected to other people on the journey. Membership starts from about £10 a month and goes all the way up to about £100 a month. Um, You get a different number of group coaching calls. And if if you're a full member at £100 a month, you get um, some one-on-one time with me too. Um, You can find all the information at thecoachesjourney.com slash community and you might want to check that out. And also, if you want to support, if you do want to keep this podcast going and and help me help it reach more and more people um, in the world, support more and more coaches, there's also the chance now to become a supporter of the podcast. You can do that from as little as about £5 a month um, and you do that at patreon.com slash thecoachesjourney or you can find, of course, links to it at thecoachesjourney.com. So look, thanks so much for being a supporter of the podcast and a listener of the podcast. I really appreciate um, your time and energy uh, and, and all the work you're doing as a coach in the world. So have a great rest of the day and hopefully you'll be back with us um, on the Coach's Journey podcast sometime soon.